You're listening to Holy Family Parish in Hanover, Ontario, Canada. We're so glad you could join us for this presentation. For more podcasts and video, and to learn more about us, visit our website at holyfamily.ca. everyone and welcome to Thursday Night Appetizer. I was just thinking of a quote from Lord of the Rings. I'm glad to be here with you, Samwise Gamgee, here at the end of all things. I'm here with my friend and colleague, Deacon Charles Fernandez. There he is. Good evening, everyone. In all his splendor. Uh, with my new quarter zip that I just got recently. That's a really nice sweater. I like it. I like um, how you've got it zipped right up to your Adam's apple there. Or beyond. Beyond. Your larynx. Not to mention my pharynx. <laughs> that's what, that's the one. What are we talking about and why? <laughs> we are talking about our theme, which is be open. How does God does oh, the impossible like when I we could turn to him? Unzip that a little. You probably could. How God does the impossible when we turn to him. Uh, so all, the th- all of the readings uh, tie into this theme in some way. And we want to remind you that there's a weekly four-part cycle, which you can take part in to really let God's word soak into your heart. The backgrounder comes out on Tuesday. It's a, um, a written reflection by Deacon Charles on the upcoming readings, got the gospel for the upcoming Sunday. Thursday night appetizer on Thursday night, which is where you are right now. The Sunday homily on Sunday and discussion groups. We still have many discussion groups meeting, discussing the gospel, sharing faith with each other. So please let us know if you would like to join one or what all the small groups are, because um, there are plenty. Plenty to choose from, no matter what your walk in life is. And I like to always add, because we'll put in some questions at the end, that if you don't belong to a group, uh, there are questions you, you can reflect on individually, or preferably with a family member or friend um, who just wants to help you help each other uh, kind of reflect more deeply on how God's Word applies to your life, how it can change who you are. And that's really what Be Open is all about. It's uh, the message that Jesus can open us up to God's power in our lives and impossible things start to happen. Amazing things. So I will now provide the backgrounder for this week. Just talk that through that a little bit. Um, and I'm going to focus on the last part of this coming Sunday's gospel. So it's Mark chapter 10. I'll be focusing on verses 13 to 16, which, uh, which really gets to the question of to whom does the kingdom of God belong? Uh, now, I don't know, how would you answer that question? To whom does the kingdom of God belong? Some people believe that the kingdom of God belongs to people who go to church. Uh, Others might believe that it belongs to people who always do the right thing, and yet others that it belongs to those who know the right things and believe the right things. What do you think? Jesus gives an unusual answer to this question in the passage we're going to focus on. That's Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. In fact, he doesn't just explain, he shows the answer to the question, to whom does the kingdom of God belong? So here's the scene. Um, There's a crowd pressing around Jesus as he comes into their village. And one village after another, this is what Jesus and his disciples would have encountered, this crowd of people gathering around. And I think by this point, understandably, they're all kind of tired of this, this, uh, this whole crowd scene. So here they are again. 
Jesus and his disciples surrounded by a crowd swarming, holding up their kids for Jesus to touch. So I think you can and we can all understand how the disciples are feeling at this point. They're tired and they tell the people to go away and take their kids with them. But what's really interesting and important here is that Jesus becomes indignant, not at the crowds, but at his disciples. It's very interesting that Jesus um, re reacts angrily against his friends who are trying to protect him. Jesus becomes indignant because he passionately wants the children to come to him. So what makes children unique or different is we can still see in children some of the original innocence with which God creates every one of us. God created us all to reach out to Jesus and through Jesus to him. The outstretched arms of the children in today's passage um, represent what is in all our hearts because we all desire to draw close to God, to Jesus, because God is love. And these children see God's love in Jesus. And Jesus responds to them. How? He embraces them, takes them into his arms, surrounds them with his love. He blesses them with his divine blessing. Simply put, Jesus touches these children. More than anything else, that's what Jesus wants for you. He asks you to become like a trusting child. That's the answer to the question, to whom does the kingdom of God belong? The answer is to those who become like little children, reaching out to him, and then he will embrace you with his love, bless you, and touch you with his presence. Okay, before we go to the uh, reading, we will uh, open with a little prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to guide and inspire our conversation today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God, our Father, we praise and thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, for the sunshine. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the light of life in your Son, Jesus, whom you sent to the world to be the, the sacrificial offering for our sins. The, um, Jesus, we thank you for giving your life so freely for us so that we could have eternal life, so that we could know the truth and be set free. And we thank you, Lord, for um, leaving behind with us your Holy Spirit to, to guide us, to give us power, to give us the, the means to live out the gospel in our lives. Thank you for pouring out all the gifts upon us. And we pray, Lord, that we'd be more docile to receive more and more of what you have for us and the plan that you have for us in our lives. So we ask you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to inspire us, to allow these words to come alive for us, to just to give us a message that we haven't received before that we need to hear again. And Lord, in everything, make us like little children, able to, to fully surrender to you and to trust you in everything. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Jesus blesses little children. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, let the little children come to me, do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. Want to start, Sam? Sure. I guess um, this is like the second time in the last little while that we've talked about children in the readings. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just thinking to myself that um, whenever 
whenever Jesus talks about children, or it's in one of the Gospels, I, was, I just think about why the kingdom of God belongs to children such as these, like Jesus said. And I was thinking about how my own view of children has kind of changed, and having my own children has changed my view of, how, of what children, what it means, what it means to be a child, and what it means to have children around. And I'm just filled with such joy when I see a little child now. And I think that's something that kind of changed when I had my own kids. Hmm. Uh, for instance, there was a little child at Alpha last night, a little girl, and everyone was just so happy to see her. She was crawling around, and you know, she really kind of just gave like a, a neat kind of change in the atmosphere. And I was thinking about how children are a sign of hope for us because through our children, we're able to conquer death in a way. We're able to overcome, um, just to, to overcome our mortality. We're like passing on ourselves. We're like giving our kind of putting ourselves into another being, another person in a way, right. and allowing them to live for us beyond our own lives into yes. the next generation. You know, you're like, you're giving the rest of the world a little piece of yourself in a way and allowing it to live on. And there's just so much hope when you see a little child, it represents hope. It represents the future, um, that there's goodness and there's like another chance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I actually had a um, conversation. I've had conversations like this, but not recently a lady uh, talking about her son who decided not to have children because he felt he could not bring children into this world because the world is in such bad shape. And and I feel like that was like the opposite of hope, not necessarily despair, but just like uh, somebody who feels stuck in life or felt stuck in life at least and decided made that, to make that huge decision. Um, whether they recall their children or not, I don't know, but... but um, it's a risk, right? I, that's what occurs to me as you're talking, and that this person was reacting to that, uh, the son of this this person I was talking to, anyway, at least, the son was saying, it was like, there's too much risk involved, and having a child is a huge risk. Mm -hmm. Having children is a huge risk, because I think that's like almost the cost for hope. It's like, hope is not everything's under control, which I love, by the way, everything under control, but in hope, it's like, okay, who knows what's going to happen? What's, what, what, what will these children do? Who will they become? As much as I agree with you, we do pass on. I've got kids that are obviously older than yours at this point. You know, uh, They're in their 20s and that. But it's like you hope that you pass on a lot of who you are that's good. But what if you don't? Or what if you pass on stuff, which is true, unfortunately, probably for us. In our, for me, as, as a father's like stuff that was not necessarily that hopeful or good. That gets passed on too. So there's a lot of risk involved in what the world does to your kids. You know, like stuff happens to kids. On the other hand, yeah, aren't you giving the world a, a chance to be better, mm -hmm. right? By by giving it, in a, in a sense, that your children are a gift to the world as much as they are to you. You know, yeah, they're like they're like a, an investment, mm -hmm. kind of. A, if you wanted to use a very yeah yeah clinical term well, but uh yeah but they are they're, they're like an, an investment in the hope of the world right mm -hmm. like you said it's kind of nihilistic to think oh like we may as well just die off then you know i don't yeah. want to because you're sort of and again i'm not i'm not trying to judge everyone in every situation for people having their own reasons and, and what have you but but isn't it better that we give the world another chance you know because it has no the world has no chance yeah. Of becoming a better place unless we give it good people, right? Sure. So there's that as well. Yeah, yeah like uh, I guess St. Augustine said something like that God 
creates new people because each new person who comes into the world brings something new, something mm -hmm. that was never there before and will never be there again. And and there's a term for that. This writer I, I, I got this quote from or this this idea from uh, refers to natality, like the fact that we're born as the part of our human condition, just like mortality, which we all acknowledge. But in a way, more dramatically, we've all entered this world and you know, really, I would say each new day is a chance to be like a child. Uh, so coming back to the people in the passage here, it's like the disciples, yes, they're trying to protect Jesus, but this attitude is also a bit like they're trying to control Jesus. They're trying to control access to him. They're trying to control his access to them because they're maybe a little bit unsure about where he's going. Because he's actually, that's part of the context here. He's heading to Jerusalem. And he's been trying to tell them over and over again, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be crucified. So they think they can protect him, which is kind of a joke at this point, because mm -hmm. he's heading to his death and he knows it. And he keeps trying to tell them, he does tell them, they keep not understanding or wanting to understand. You can't protect him because he doesn't need protection. He doesn't want protection. He wants to be open and he wants us to be open to him. Mm -hmm. Why is it hard to be open to Jesus, would you say, Sam? What do you think? To be open to Jesus. Like a child. Like a child. Oh. Oh, I don't know. That's a trick question. I wasn't expecting that. Why here? Um, yeah. Why? Why is it hard to to be open to Jesus? It's it's um, it's like a letting go. It's it's a like a. We've talked about this before, but like children have this this um, blind trust. Mm -hmm. You know that you you kind of lose. You know you have like an innocence when you're a child and a and a trust that you lose as you get older. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think that's why he says. You have to become more like a little child because yeah. you have to to become a Christian and to enter the kingdom of heaven. You have to regain some of that lost mm. trust, that lost innocence, really lost innocence. Yeah, so yeah. You become like you were, and if it, like for me, like when I think back on my childhood, like I had a very good childhood, like very very good. Like I honestly, to those of you watching, I don't think I suffered any real trauma or. Like thanks be to God, I was really, really, really sheltered and protected, and I think well raised by my parents, and you know, kind of in the nest of my home way out in Bruce County. But uh, <laughs> you know, so I had a really good upbringing. Thanks be to God, I'm really, really grateful for that. But I think of that time as like, like I just had no worries. Yeah. Like I had no like problem. Like I had problems, things that I thought were problems at the time. I look back and I'm like, I didn't have any problems. Like, and it's not that everything was good all the time, but like, I just had this, like, this certainty that like everything was going to be fine. That now is like so much harder to come, come by. It takes a lot of effort to like put that kind of trust in God that I had for like my parents or even just for like the way things were going to work out. You know, I was sort of insulated from feeling all those things at the time. Does that make sense? Yes. But I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because of you are. So that's, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. So I would say that what you described in a different context is true of the way I was raised. There was no real trauma in my childhood. And as many people, many people, maybe people where you're, if you're listening or watching now, that's not what you grew up with at all, right? I know that. But even, even in the most like protected of settings, it's not like things don't happen to us. Mm -hmm. Like I'll say for me, for instance, for good reason, my family moved away from the place where I was born, right? Like, but moving is pretty traumatic. It really is. I was excited about it. I was eight when we moved to Canada. But you leave behind everything 
And it was not just uh, our family, but a whole community that basically kind of fell apart. Uh, for a variety of reasons, people were leaving that part of the world and traveling to like Canada, the U US, the UK, Australia, out of that community and, and no longer there. And that, like, I did not grow up with that community around. It's just one example for people who've, who've, who've had to move because you were moved as a, as a child. I don't regret being here. I love living here. It's, you know, we raised our family, planned to hopefully live and, and die here for that matter. But still, stuff happens. And I'm, I'm going to guess, now, I'll just, without going into any details, obviously, just like, I bet stuff happened in your family that was really hard too. Maybe not to you, but in your family, close to you. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, definitely. Yeah, like I said, not that we didn't have problems and hard things didn't happen, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So why I think this is important is because you and I are regular church course, kind of comes with the territory. And I love going to church, by the way. I love being part of a community of church goers. So we create uh, a sanctuary, or try to, for each other, for our children, which we should do. We should do that at home. We should do that in our church communities. That's really important. A, a, a place that when we're gathered around Jesus, around God, we're worshiping Him at church. We want this to be a joyful, peaceful place that people can come to and join in that worship. But the problem, this is the disciples' issue, why Jesus gets indignant is when they think that the way to do that is then to close everything off to people coming, people who have really serious struggles and issues that maybe you didn't and I didn't, um, people who are like dealing with all kinds of messy things, painful things, traumatic things, and you almost think like, couldn't you just leave us alone with Jesus? There's actually a point to that question. That's a real thing, right? The disciples just want to be alone with Jesus. They want to stay with him. Uh, I think they're missing his mission because he's heading to the cross. That is really important, which means he's making himself vulnerable and, and open. And he is, in that way, Jesus is like the children who are vulnerable and open. And unlike the disciples, they're trying to keep thing, everything kind of fattened down and under control. How do you think that plays out for us who are regular churchgoers, which many people probably listening will be? Mm-hmm. Well, I was while you were speaking, I was thinking about Alpha because we, we just had Alpha last night, our first one. And I think Alpha is, for those of you who don't know, it's a, it's a video series intended to engage the participants in a conversation about faith, about life, about Jesus, about the cross, the Bible, all kinds of different, you know, issues and, and, uh, and to sort of invo invoke a conversation. So allow people to share openly about where they're coming from and that kind of thing. And it's like a way in for people. And I know for our alpha group, like there are many people who come that, um, that haven't had a, a lot of contact with the church. And to me, they, they remind me a bit of the children in this passage mm -hmm. um, who maybe aren't like, there's like not a lot of, I don't want to say they're like a rowdy bunch or anything, but there's less decorum, let's say, than uh, maybe we're used to. And, and I think there's this tendency in the, in the church to like protect the community and Jesus from outsiders. I want, I'll use outsiders kind of loosely, but like basically people that aren't part of our community are almost suspect. Maybe might not even realize that might say with our, with our tongue, Oh yeah, we want, we want people to come in. Right. But we expect them to act to behave, to look like we do. And like you said, to give us like to, to leave, leave us with Jesus, leave us be. Um, whereas if we're going to, actually reach the community and allow people to come into our community and into the presence of Jesus, 
um, we have to be willing to get like involved in their life in a way that is fairly uncomfortable. Sure. You know, I think we both of us have experienced that. Once you start interacting with people, meeting people, and you know, doing I think what the gospel demands of us and sharing our faith and going you know beyond the walls of the church, it means things get messy. And inviting that messiness into the church and into our community is very uncomfortable for, for people that have been here a long time and have a lot, almost a lot to lose by, at least that's the fear. Right. Is that we'll lose a, something about our community or something about our, our uh, practice of the faith, the mass, things like that. We'll lose something. It's like a risk. So it's interesting. I think almost like picture those disciples walking with Jesus, they're like facing outward, like almost like bouncers or bodyguards, mm -hmm. keeping people away. Yep. What they're not doing is facing Jesus and like trying to draw nearer to him. So they're almost maintaining a distance because they're keeping other people away and they're focusing away from him. Whereas the children's focus is Jesus. They don't mm -hmm. really maybe even know a whole lot about who he is, right? You just come to their town and their parents are bringing them to them. But these kids, you can almost like picture them with their arms like that, outstretched. And that's what, that's what Jesus is really, really hoping and wanting from his disciples and from us. It's like, we are the ones in need. I think that the exciting thing about people who don't have those, uh, just aren't familiar with our routines and our propriety and our decorum, which by the way are good things, but what those new people can bring to us as a community is help us to see that we we are just like them struggling people if it's not today it'll be tomorrow or the next week or whenever but we are always every day in need of jesus as much as anyone else is and in fact we should know that even more so that when we come close to jesus yes it's sanctuary it's peace it's it's uh you know protection but it is jesus who is getting to the cross and sacrificing his life and inviting us into that same moment and saying to us, okay, now let's, you've re you're receiving from me, share with others. And I, I think that's why I, I feel very strongly that those of us who raise children or like you are raising children, hoping to raise them in the faith, raising them in the faith, need to understand the role of people who are not just our kids. Like our evangelizing mission is not to our children. It's the people who do not yet know Christ. We have to responsibly raise our kids in the faith. But until we go out of that comfort zone where we're not in control, um, it's hard to experience the real power of Jesus. I think that's one thing the kids get to experience in this, in this passage, the real power of Jesus who, who embraces them and blesses them. And he really wants those apostles, those disciples, and us to do the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was just thinking about how we, we actually encounter Jesus in, in the poor, in the children, in a way that we don't encounter him in the church. Yeah. Right? At, in the sacraments and... And uh, which are good, obviously good things. We need we need that sanctuary. You, you use the word sanctuary sometimes, like mm -hmm. you know, because I like that word because it means like safety and like protection. Sure. You know, so we need we need sanctuary as well. But we experience Jesus in others in a way that we can't experience him there, and we need both. You know, and it's it's far too easy just to like insulate ourselves from from the out, the those outside uh, because of the risks it entail, because of the how messy it becomes. When really, if we want to encounter Jesus, that's where it is. That's where he is. You know, he said, I, he said, whoever welcomes a child welcomes me, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, and I, I see that in Alpha because I see that in the, that those that are helping with Alpha in particular, there's so much joy there. Yes. Like, like there's, 
And again, I'm not saying that the group, the coming to Alpha, the participants that are joining us are, you know, like a raucous bunch, really hard to love or anything like that. They're wonderful people, but you get to see like a part of the the world and a part of Jesus that you don't get to see anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And you only get to see that, I think, you only get to see that from people on the outside. And that's that's one of the reasons like, even though it's a challenge for me personally, because I, I, the same way, I, I love the peace and quiet and having the time time to pray and not having to worry about, you know, others who, you know, I, I could I could go on and on like that. Sure. I have to force myself to go out and to reach beyond the walls. And, but when I do, I'm so thankful because it just, it you, you see like a, a side of the heart of God that you never would have experienced. Yep. And you really do experience Jesus in, in the poor, in those around you in a special way. So I encourage everybody to, you know, take a look at your faith and see if you're doing any of that or if you're doing enough of it. Right? It's our mission. Yeah. That, mm. that makes me think uh, maybe do we want to just move on to our questions for this sure. week? Because that maybe maybe hopefully lead you as you're, as you're watching or listening to reflect further on this, this invitation of Jesus to become like a little child so that you can enter his kingdom, so that the king, kingdom can belong to you. Um, so here's some questions. Why do the children want to come to Jesus? Second, have you ever really wanted to be closer to Jesus than you are today? That's such, a, such an interesting question for me to ask myself, actually, and maybe for you as well. The third question, how does Jesus feel about those children and all of us wanting to come closer to him? Like, what is his attitude towards us wanting to come closer to him? And finally, what barriers do you face when you want to come to Jesus? And how could he help you overcome those barriers? For, for different reasons, you may be reluctant, I may be reluctant to come to Jesus. And what are the barriers and, and how can Jesus help us overcome those barriers that we place within ourselves or others placed in, in front of us, between us and him? So those are our questions for this week. I'm just going to end with a prayer of thanksgiving and then uh, send it over to you to wrap up. Okay. Uh, you know, I love that question about barriers. Yeah. So I was just thinking about that. Like, if we have any, if any of our viewers... Um, you know, write to us. Let us know if there are barriers, or you feel there there are barriers, or have been barriers between you and Jesus. What were they? Were they, you know, without mentioning names, of course. What were some of those barriers? I think that'd be so interesting to find out. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'd love to talk about it in our next show. Oh, and don't we have a special uh, send off? We week? do have a special send off, but I'll let you close with prayer anyway. Yeah, then we can go on to this. Yeah, let us pray. Thank you, God, our Father, for sending us your Son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to us and giving your life on the cross for us. Thank you for inviting us to have open hearts that reach out to you. And thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, soften our hearts, open our hearts, uh, prepare us to draw close to Jesus, who wishes to embrace us, bless us, and touch us, as he did those children. And we make all these prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. May we become like little children. So what's our special send-off? All right, our special send-off. Well, let's see here. We've got um, we got a text message. And it says, Hey, Sam, I just listened to the Thursday Night Appetizer. Loved the part about there being power in the name of Jesus. I wrote a song back in the spring about that. I wrote the lyrics, and my brother put it to music. Would you like to hear it? Well, yes, we would like to hear it. And we're going to send off with um, playing the song for you. We have their permission to play it with uh, on Thursday Night Appetizer this week. So uh, we will just um, be leaving you now and um, putting the song on you f- on for you to enjoy. Final word to you, Charles. 
Um, I just want to encourage everyone who's listening to um, just realize how much Jesus desires your hearts to be open to him and just to reach out to him, not knowing for sure how he's going to respond, but trusting that he will embrace you and bless you no matter what, no matter, no matter who you are or what you've done or where you've come from, no matter whether you've been going to church all your life like I have been or never been in church ever in your life and had no idea what this is all about. All right. Thanks, Charles. And the song is called The Great Name of Jesus. So we'll talk to you next week. God bless you. And please enjoy this send-off. Singing, we'll be singing your grace.